What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongol Show, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. The Hounds drew 1-1 with Hartford this weekend. We saw some good and some bad, and, you know, we're going to talk about it. But first, guys, how's it going? Kev, how was your weekend? It's good. The in-laws visited. Uh, I hugged my first person that wasn't my wife uh, for 14 months. Um, so that was really weird. Uh, but yeah, it was good. Uh, it was good seeing them. It was good seeing other humans, um, fully vaccinated and everything. Um, ate out at a patio at a restaurant for the first time in 14 months. That was wild. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good weekend. Good. Josh, how about you? Good. Yeah. I, uh, was on the local television. Yes, you were. <laughs> Fan nation, KDKA. Uh, we had recorded that interview a while ago, uh, probably about two or three weeks ago. And uh, turns out when you record about half an hour worth of an interview, they can find at least a minute worth of footage to use <laughs> to make a, uh, a spot for you and not make you look like an idiot. So that was pretty good. I was happy with it. Good, good, good. I thought it was a good spot. You know, yeah, they, said that, they said that the Steel Army was like the craziest fans in Pittsburgh, which is pretty accurate. <laughs> I mean, can't really dispute that. So good, good, good. Uh, Got to give a shout out to Pitt's men's team, who unfortunately fell to Indiana uh, in the College Cup. I watched the game. Pitt was dominant throughout. Um, they are definitely going to score. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 but, but, you know, played really, really well. Definitely going to be a team to watch over the next few years. Uh, as you can see, got my Pitt scarf hanging up. I, I absolutely love the crest. By the way, I got a t-shirt with a crest as well. I would love to hang some other local scarves and teams and stuff back here. So Hotspurs, uh, Tartan Devils, you know, anybody else that we've talked to, if you guys got scarves, let me know. And uh, we'll get them up on the wall here. But um, yeah, otherwise, you know, guys, we got hound stuff. One other thing uh, that I wanted to mention, we threw this out on Twitter late right before we got started. Our buddy Hugh Roberts, who we're going to be seeing this weekend, um, he announced that uh, they are selling backyard footy tees. So for those of you who don't know, who are sort of new to our show, we've talked about this a ton. Um, Hugh has his own show, Backyard Footy, that he sort of started through BGN with us. We sort of helped him get it started. But he's doing amazing stuff um, in the Charlotte area. And he actually started a charity called Footy's Got You. And so all of the t-shirts that he sells, uh, it looks like they're 20 bucks, proceeds from the sale are going to go towards the footies got you charity and that promotes awareness of the economic crisis in the charlotte area so here's the deal during the episode this episode leave a comment uh live and what we'll do is whether it makes it on air or not we'll sort of make a list of everybody that's made a comment and we'll sort of do a blind pick at the end of the episode and if we pick your name uh you'll get a free t-shirt on us we will we will get one of the uh the backyard footy shirts We'll have it sent to you, and uh, and obviously proceeds will go towards Hugh's Footies Got You charity. So figure that's a cool way to uh, support Hugh and uh, and hopefully spur some uh, some conversation here. They look so, really cool too. I saw I saw the pictures of, of the shirts. They, it's stylish. Yeah, if you are interested uh, in getting a shirt of your own and supporting Hugh's organization, head over to backyardfooty.org. So leave some comments. Uh, with that out of the way, guys, the Hounds drew 1-1 with Hartford. We got a goal from Russell Cicerone. I'm just going to turn it Or is it, it Cicerone? I don't it know. is Cicerone. I, I looked it up. Yeah, okay. Cicerone. Yeah. Apologies. Yes. Um, 
give me give me a takeaway, Josh. What are your what are your thoughts on this one? That was a good first half. That was that was a fun first half to watch. And if only the game was only forty five <laughs> minutes long, it would have been a great game to watch. It <laughs> could be part of the new like Super League conversations, right? Like they're trying to make it more digestible, more for the youth oriented. <laughs> forty five minute games, everything's intense. Do line change subs. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> why it. would it why would it be youth oriented? Are you saying us old people can't sit for a full ninety? Is that what I mean, you're that's, I, th- I think that's what a lot of like, you know, the European CEOs think. They're, it's the other uh, way around. I think you're saying the youth can't watch a whole game because it's yeah. a you know you just get bored after oh. a while. It's like the so TikTok we, generation. It's, yeah. <laughs> we, we gotta TikTokify soccer. Yeah. Yes. TikTokify soccer. Uh, yeah, the first half was definitely um more entertaining. I think the first half was what we were sort of looking for last weekend when we said we wanted to see some progress. Kev, what, what were your thoughts? Give me a takeaway here. I, I thought we saw progress. Um, even I, I don't even think the second half was that bad. I mean, it, it, it wasn't as good as the first, um, but it was, it could, I mean, I think, you know, in a tight spot, especially in the red card that we'll talk about in a bit later, um, and trying to manage the game away from home for, from a from a team that you know has won the first two games and has looked pretty decent for it. Um, so yeah, I mean a, a lot of positives. I thought Dixon showed a lot more in this game. Um, the front three as a whole, I think, is starting to show a lot more in this game. Um, I have to give it to you, Mike. Fine. Yep, Todd Wharton came in and, and made a difference. Uh, and uh, and I thought going to the back four at least at the at the start um, proved well for this game. Um, it was good to see another another man in the midfield, and and everything everything was working a lot more. I think I'll stop here after this one. I, we talked a lot about in, in previous seasons where usually a good indication for I was I'll just say Lily teams, but for us in general and really for any team. Um, when you can start getting, you know, more than two bodies in the box during during a build up and an attack, um, that's that's good signs that, you know, you're 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 aggressive, you're you're wanting to attack, and and yeah, it's it gives you more opportunity to score. And pretty regularly, um, we were getting at least three, if not like four bodies in the box when we're, when we're getting balls out wide, and the likes of Dixon or Dover. Or, um, we're, we're you know trying trying to find bodies and we just didn't connect well enough. But yeah, positive. I, that's that's really what I wanted to see from the Tampa game. A step a step in the right direction. I think we got that. So it was a step in the right direction in the first half, and and then it felt like and and I have a lot of other positives I want to talk about here. But step in the right direction in the first half. It felt like we came out in the second half and we were trying to play for the one nothing winner. At least that's how like I sort of interpreted it. So Kev, after that progress in the first half, do you feel disheartened that I don't say we took a step back in the second half, but it felt like a different team. Yeah. But I think, I mean, part of that, I think Hartford played better in the second half. And and I think naturally when, when Hartford raised their game is going to, it makes it more difficult for us. Um, I think we tired a bit. And, you know, that, that doesn't help us. Um, and yeah, it, it, it felt like when we immediately didn't come out with, you know, the pedal to the floor and, and at least for me, I'll put words in Lily's mouth here. When, when you, when you're seeing us not, you know, going full throttle for a bit, things are a bit cagey, things are a bit tight. We're away from home against a good team. I don't think it's ridiculous to then say, okay, we haven't been great the past 15 minutes. 
we'll make a sub, change the system a bit, and try to be more counter-attacky in, in the last you know 30, 30 to 25 minutes away from home against a pretty decent team. Um, especially because there's there's a history of you know us being pretty decent at that. Maybe not necessarily with the squad of players, um, but uh, so I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's ridiculous. You know, once again, we're three minutes away from walking away saying, "Yeah, he caught it perfectly." You know, like to you know we get we got out of there with a one no win away from home against a good team, and um, especially this early in the season. You know, to get three points and to have an improvement of play from last week—that's that's what I would be looking for. Um, well, hold on, hold on, wait a second. Okay, so now we're talking about two different things here because we said coming into this game that what was important to us was we wanted to see progress, even if we lost. And now you're saying we saw progress in the first half, but if we get three points, even though we like didn't really do anything in the set we locked it down in the second half it's locking but it down fine. progress yeah why not like you can like defensive is a tactic like counterattacking is a tactic and i'm not saying like i think if we go through an entire season with 30 percent possession and all our games end in nil nil or one nil that's sure fine that's not entertaining that's not what i want to see even if we finish you know in the playoff position um I, so much of this just goes back to I'm in my mind. I just want to get through these first five games, and and I I expect to see a team that's a lot more well oiled in 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 the late you know into the, in the late like beginning part of this season because that's the other thing that gives me hope. I I really believe, especially after this game, I think the our individual players have have shown to me so far that the individual components in my mind are better than what we had last season. Um, just from the, the touches and the movement, I, I, there's something there that to me, um, I, I believe that this group of at least starting 11 is probably a bit higher quality than the starting 11 we had last season. I think what what's encouraging to me, and then Josh, I want to see if you agree with Kev, just on that player aspect, I think especially later in the game prior to Kenny's red, what it almost felt like was anytime you build a team, you almost always want to have a solid core right up the middle. And it felt like when we had four at the back, you had Kenny dropping deeper to try to take the ball right off the D and play it forward. So you had Kenny sort of taking command in front of the D. You had Danny Griffin, who was sort of taking command a little bit further up the field in the midfield. And then you had Russell Cicerone, who was sort of taking command up front at the forward. And I think all three of those guys, and even Dequa, when Dequa came in, I know everyone likes to say, oh, Mike doesn't like Dequa. When Dequa came in, he did a pretty good job holding up the ball and, and pulling other guys into the play. So I think if you have that core, that scale, that spine of those players, I feel pretty good about sort of whoever else you drop in around them contributing in different ways. So I agree. I think this was a good game where we saw – some of those players start to show a lot more of what they're made of that we didn't see uh, in the last game. Um, but Josh, do you agree that, you know, what we saw in the second half was like, yeah, it's fine. No, I, I don't think it was a good <laughs> idea at all. Like I, you have Vidiello getting a yellow card for time wasting within the first, like, what was it? The 53rd min a minute. Yeah. Like the, it, that to me, if your keeper is time wasting that, early in the second half that's not that's not good like that's not uh, a, a tactic i think i can get behind it's like 
I understand if it's like the last 15 minutes of that second half. Like, okay, you're trying to park the bus. You're trying to get, you know, squeak it out. But like, there's still like a whole half to play and you're already trying to waste time. You're already trying to run the clock down. No, <laughs> like, I don't think that's a good tactic. And I don't think it helped us at all. Like, if anything, I, if we would have been still pressing in the second half or in the first from like we were doing in the first half, I feel like that would have been putting um, Hartford on the, you know, on their back foot and it would have been easier to keep that lead. And you also had the possibility of netting, you know, another one and having a little bit of a buffer there. Like I can't imagine thinking like, Hey, let's go into the second half and completely, shut the whole game down like that. Like in our defense, isn't good enough for that. Like, I don't think our defense is good enough to shut the game down uh, like we used to do. And I just, I, I just did not get the tactics of that. I didn't know if that was like, it had to be a command from on high, right? Like that can't just be the players being like, like video is not being like, I'm going to go do my own thing here. Just going to start wasting time. I think it, I think it was video. I remember a specific moment where, Vidiello was like moving the ball around or whatever. And I saw Lily on the sideline, like throw his hands up, like, what are you doing? Kind of thing. So okay. I don't know. Yeah. And, well, that could also be uh, a situation where not a good sign, but the team playing scared. Like if, if, if you have that lead and, you know, as a team, you're like, Hey, we just got our butts kicked last uh, week. Three, nothing. Like it, you feel like the need to like, okay, let's just not lose this lead. Let's not, like, screw this up. So then you have a team playing scared, which is also not good. So, like, it was so frustrating that second half. And we don't have the defense, or at least yet, like, they're not gelling right yet, where we can park the bus for 45 minutes. It just was not, you know. Granted, I mean, they didn't score until we lost a player. And then even when they did score, it was because of a crap call if you ask me but we'll, we'll get there we'll get yeah, there we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> i just don't get, agree with the tactic of time wasting the whole second half and i feel like that really did not help us at all and it wasn't just video because it did feel like we weren't really putting pressure on the team uh you know to actually score that second half and maybe it was because hartford was playing a little bit better than they were the first half but it didn't feel like it it felt like we were in our own defense most of that time I mean, it feels like to me that, you know, the argument that the best defense is a good offense, I think that's sort of what we saw in that first half, right? When we're passing the ball around, we clearly have the offensive depth to do that kind of thing. Whereas I think we had one center back on the bench, uh, you know, on D, and we had Danny Rivera, who we sort of sub in wherever. So we clearly don't have the defensive depth. When we started we started with four in the back but dover dover's actual position on the field was much more like a midfielder so we were basically three at the back the whole time so yeah kev what was what was your assessment of the defense um you know you figure we basically had preston kilwine shane white and mikhail williams across the back i mean i thought they were fine i see that's the other thing like i agree with the time wasting thing and i agree that Okay, that could be an indications of of us playing a bit scared and hesitant, but I don't think we were time waste like in this from the start of the second half. I don't think we were time wasting and parking the bus. Like we never dropped to like a back six. We weren't like we weren't eleven men into the box just defending for our lives most of the time. And so, if if I'm if I'm like if I'm trying to give benefits of the doubts here, it could just be 
we're away from home. We look tired. And he's thinking, you know what? Let's just take a bit of this thing out of the game. Let's let's calm it down. Let's give everyone a breath. I mean, it, it was it was notable for me in the second half. Uh, I, I forget what, what, what the timestamp on it was, but I remember there was uh, it was either a foul or something. But Vidiello had the ball, and no, it wasn't a foul. It was like Vidiello. It was like a bad shot or whatever, and Vidiello picked up the ball, and immediately the camera the camera was far out enough. And every single one of our players just starts walking. Like no one was running to get into positions. No one was running to try to like make transition happen. No one was doing that. And in my mind, I was like, like, A, that's not right. Like you, you need, you need to be trying to capitalize on every moment. And that, that means trying to find space quickly, trying to transition quickly, trying to catch Hartford out. And like none of our players were, were doing that. So like on one hand also, it's like, what do you want Videola to do? Like immediately roll it out to something. So, I think there, there was a lot of contributing factors. I, I don't think it was as clear cut as just them being like, all right, we're just going to kill time for 45 minutes. I think it was a bit more nuanced, nuanced than that. That being said, I think really my only criticism around the defense right now is they still, they, they, I'm not convinced that they like have any interest in trying to like recycle possession. Um, every time, like not every time, but a lot of the time, there was a moment where I think we were trying to transi- uh, transition or we won the ball back um, or when we were trying to break, but we didn't really have a lot of players forward. People were walking. It was just like Dixon and Williamson like up top. And so Dixon just kind of stopped, turned around, dropped the ball back to Griffin. And it was a little like every, but not really. Like we had enough players and we have the technical ability to play our way out of that. And that wasn't a problem. And Griffin kind of like, you know, he's, he's controlling it and he, he passes back to one of our defenders and they just boot it without even thinking. <laughs> like it wasn't, there was no indication of like, all right, yep, let's try to keep it. Let's, keep, let's try to recycle it. And um, so I think that's my only worry. They're great in the air. They're, I mean, apart from Hartford's goal <laughs> um, from the set piece, but uh, you know, so in, in that sense, I think they're fine. Uh, but my only credit, I, I worry about us, us trying to really kind of dominate possession. So if if they're scared or not scared, sorry, if they're tired, like I don't understand. Then like we didn't get any subs right away on the second half. Like if the team was playing and looking dogged, like I, I, what do we have? Our subs came in. Uh, looks like the 65th minute, about, and that's when Williamson came out and Dixon came out. Um, how and like we have five subs. Like you, you yeah. have plenty of opportunities to you know if if the guys are looking tired now this could be an issue of more of the fact that the bench is not as good as the players on the field so it's like do you sub out tired guys for guys that might not be on the level uh even with our guys being tired but i think we do have some level or some you know uh options on the bench so i don't know i don't think it Maybe they were just walking because uh, they knew they had plenty of time because video was wasting so much time. They're like, oh, don't worry, we got a couple of minutes. Chicken in the egg. <laughs> That's right. Let's talk about, um, you know, the, the I don't want to say the play that changed the game because I think there were actually two plays that changed the game a little bit. I think one was um, the red card against Kenny, the straight red card. Um, and it happened in the 78th minute. And I'll ask you guys each, Josh, do you think that that warranted a straight red? I don't think it warranted a straight red. I do think there was something there. Like a lot of people uh, in the live chat uh, on Discord, 
uh, we are talking and there's a couple of like, oh, he didn't even touch him. Like his foot didn't even come down on him. It's like it, it did. Like it, it, it came down on the player, but it wasn't a stomp. Like they kept on calling a stomp. Like, no, that's that was him walking backwards and he stepped on him, which I'll give you that much. Yeah. I think it was a yellow at most, especially like wasn't it a foul against him to begin with uh, that, you know, that whole thing came from. Yeah. So like the guy who causes a foul doesn't get anything. And then Forbes gets a straight red. And it's like, ah, come on, that's BS. Like, <laughs> yeah. Cap, do you agree? Yeah, and I think it's one of those where, like, I don't know, if we had VAR, would that change stuff? It might have. I, I feel like in that scenario where a lot's happening at that point, a lot of bodies have already crowded the ref. Like, and it's it's kind of hard to see. You see the reaction from the Hartford player, and you assume stuff, but. No, I, I, it was one of those moments of dark art wizardry that really annoys me. Um, he kicks out at Kenny, Kenny reacts. And I, I went back and I like tried to do the like play pause, play pause, play pause, like a lot to try to see like, okay, first of all, does Kenny headbutt him? He doesn't. He just, he just like chest bumps him and gets close to his face. Guy goes down holding his face. And yeah, and Kenny like just backs up. And yeah, I completely agree with Josh's assessment on it. And then the other thing that kind of annoys me is like, <laughs> I'm reading into this because I'm a biased Hounds fan that wants to protect Kenny and the players and everything. But it honestly, to me, looks like Hartford's player tries to play off a reaction to a stamp by swinging his leg around and kicking Kenny. And like, which... To me, that was pretty like, but you know, I mean, you can't call anything, but like that looked pretty obvious. Yeah, so it's it's really annoying. Um, it wasn't a red, uh, but I can like I can see how a mistake is made on the field. Um, we're gonna get worse calls against us, I think. Um, I mean, that was an important call. I don't think we lose that game if we go down if if, if Kenny doesn't get the red. Um, and uh, and yeah, we just have to move on from it i think but I, I, the last thing i was i was really happy about um the level of like camaraderie that the team showed around that incident i mean one to back up your player like that um and two i think it was josh gatt like oh, just yeah. wouldn't leave the ref alone and i loved that it was so <laughs> easy for for a professional like for you know a professional like him to just be like, all right, new guy here. This is well. Did he even get game time last uh, last game against? He Tampa? got a few minutes against. Yeah, Tampa. he came on late. So for, I mean, and to come on again as a sub, he can be like, I should be starting. Blah blah blah. To have that level of like, you were so wrong, like, and all this. <laughs> and he was, you know, he wasn't the he wasn't the acting captain captain, of course, at that point. So that was that was encouraging to me. Um, and to see them kind of huddle, like, all right, Kenny's gone. What do we do? Like, kind of thing. Like that was all really good. I forget who uh, we interviewed. Was it Dover that said that uh, Gat got a yellow card for talking to or for uh, back talking the ref in preseason? Good. It was that's great. Yeah, <laughs> someone we interviewed. I can't remember if it was Dover or Videla, but yeah, yeah. saying like, oh yeah, Gat, he's going to be a handful. Like he's yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think that my issue with it was I I definitely think it was a foul. I think that Kenny's you know reaction and then the dive back and holding the face and like. The whole thing, just somebody was going to get a call somewhere. I think what's frustrating is anytime you go back and watch any of the USL highlights, it's typically like goals, 
That's all you see. Like you go hunting for stuff like this and like, it's not there. The highlights from this game showed the foul three times. Like they showed it as many times as they showed Cicerone's goal. Like they just kept showing it on replay. By the way, we, like, we need to talk about Cicerone's goal too. We have yeah, 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 no, we'll get to that. So, so there was that. And then my second beef was with, with it was it happened and the ref jumped in and then immediately walked away. And I started counting from the point that the ref like stopped play to when he actually pulled out a red and it was I, 40 seconds. I think that's good refereeing. But like, but hold on, hold on. I get it if you're like thinking about it and you're considering what's going on and all of that. But in the meantime, there's this tussle between both teams and there's nobody in the middle of it. Mike, there's that's not his job to break it up. up. That's not his job to break it up. Then what is his job? It's to, to call because, like, to, because, to eject on. players when they when they need because, to be hold ejected. On. Hold on. Like 15 <laughs> minutes later, when Barrera does a like slow fall elbow to the face on Dequa, immediately the ref jumps in and pulls Barrera aside to protect them and make sure nothing happens. So like what what is the standard here? Are you gonna protect the players or are you gonna just let chaos ensue and then you come in with a with a straight red? 40 seconds after the play is over. Which, by the way, Brer doesn't get anything for that. Uh, Brer got nothing. Nothing. And he, like, straight up did, did a harsher foul, I think, than yeah. what Forbes did. And he got the protection from the ref and... <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. But, but yeah, I, I, I do hear what you're saying, though, Kevin. Like, I, I don't... I didn't have an issue with him taking his time and, like... And it, it is a situation where he's getting surrounded by all the Hounds players, all the Hartford players. Like it was a heated situation. So him backing away to get the players away from the foul and like kind of like I, I can kind of understand that. It was it wasn't so much the time it took. It was just the fact that it didn't look like he. I don't know. It, well, obviously, I think it was the wrong call. Period. So yeah, <laughs> I agree. And it's violent conduct, conduct, right? Like that was the with the looking on the site. It says violent conduct. Is that like a three game ban? If it's violent conduct, it's not just like missing one game. It, I might be wrong there, um, but if Forbes is out now for three games because he walked backwards and accidentally stepped on a guy, ugh, that's that's no. <laughs> that is really annoying. I I mean. Y- you looking it up is a step further than what I know about it. But my, my intuition, my gut feeling would say that unless the USL comes out or the ref puts in a match report or something saying that, okay, like explicitly that that was the reason for the red card. I feel like naturally it's two, but I feel like other than that, if the USL comes out and like makes this a rolling, then, then three. uh, Yeah. That'd be really bad. Yeah. So that was, we, we sort of talked a little bit about the red, um really frustrating yeah because i feel like that's i don't know i think as a fan you always remember the times that it happens to your team and not when it like happens to other teams because we don't watch other teams or whatever but if like it feels like we, we get caught by that kind of crap a lot it was his birthday and- i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> guy a break. come on wants to step on an ankle i want to step on an ankle <laughs> <laughs> What is the thing? Like his feet were right around his feet, and he was just getting like surrounded by everyone. Like, what do you want him to do? And like this, yeah, <laughs> really annoying. So that happened. We talked a little bit about Barrera just sort of slow falling elbow into Dequa. The other foul, and then I promise we'll get to Cicerone's goal because I do want to talk about it. The other foul that's controversial is the foul that led directly to Hartford's goal. 
where, and I apologize, we had like video of this that we were going to show, but there's no audio. So that's no fun for our podcast listeners. So next week we'll try to have video clips that we can interject and it'll be great, but not this week. So anyway, um, basically it was Josh Gatt against Martinez, uh, battled down just outside the box. Uh, Gatt essentially wins the ball, like knocks it away from Martinez. Martinez takes him down, like as... As neither one of them have the ball, Gat tries to get back to the ball, and Martinez falls and then takes Gat down. And it was a call against Gat, which gave them the set piece, which they immediately scored off of. And so, I mean, I feel like a broken record because it seems like every time we do these shows during the season, it's like, well, the officiating wasn't great. And this, we've just spent the past, it feels like 20 minutes talking about crappy officiating. But this was just another scenario where I feel like you just kind of have to live with it, but acknowledge yeah, that it wasn't great. This one's a little bit, so like I'm upset by it because I do think that was, if anything, a foul against Gat, not yeah. committed by Gat. So like, I, I don't feel like that was fair at all, but I will say that like, yeah, they got a free kick outside the box. Like you have to defend those. And so oh, yeah. like, I, I don't, I'm not exactly saying like, they handed that like it wasn't like it was a pk in the box and like it was you know that i would be a lot more upset by it but still it is very frustrating to like get that goal early on that beautiful goal which we will talk about but uh <laughs> then <laughs> that's like the tease for the yeah, whole episode right? yeah, yeah. we want to end on something good not, you know <laughs> this crappy stuff right here but yeah it, it was what what minute was the goal it was the 90th plus one so yeah one minute to stoppage time to have that happen. And it's just like, it's frustrating. And look, I got to give Hartford credit. It was a good goal. Like yeah. I think Killwine was right on the back of the guy who ended up flicking it. Um, Vidiello came out and had the ball not been flicked. He would have had his hands on it. And it was just the flick that did it. Kev, you're making a face. You don't think it was a good goal. Uh, no, it was, it was a good goal for Hartford. I, 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 I... You think it was bad goalkeeping? Yeah. That's what, yeah, Ooh, yeah. I mean, look, just because we hold video to such a high standard, like you know, it. I to, to come... listening to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. He, he's a lovely human being, and he won the Golden Glove last year. And he and we know how good he can be. And so I think that was just the frustrating part is to 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 come for it the way he did. Um, just it felt like. He shouldn't have come for it. I know that's easy for me to say as I sit on my couch and and watch the game, but yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, like, yeah, like if like coming like the, he's making the assumption that they're not going to get to it, and you know the ball is going to just fly cleanly. He's going to punch it, and everything's fine. Um, and he just misjudges it, and I it, it ends up like it how 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 it just just goes over his hands literally he just would have stood there would have like hit him in the face like he just he wouldn't have had to move um and i know hindsight's 2020 but you know i'm just you, you I, want you want you want your keeper to win you points you want your keeper yeah, to you know i get that i think i also want a keeper who's uh proactive rather than reactive and had that flick not happened he would have shut down the play right there it would have been over so i want a keeper that saves Goals. <laughs> <laughs> you want a keeper? That's a keeper. <laughs> I'm sorry, Danny. If you're listening. Like, no, look, hey, <laughs> we're allowed to criticize. Yeah, I love yeah. him. Other than time wasting, and apparently, <laughs> Kevin thinks that goal was easy to save, which I, I 
kind of disagree with, but yeah, other than those two things, you know, what we yeah. need to we need to set up we need to set up a, a, a not like a photo shoot, but like a video shoot when Kev's in town, where it's Kevin in goal and Videlo taking shots like that, and just like <laughs> see how it goes. That yeah, keeps on hitting him in the face. face. It's kind That's of weird. Right. Why <laughs> hit him in the face? <laughs> that would be genius. We gotta yeah, make and that then he, he can podcast for it. No, That's right. That's he right. would do a better job than I would. He probably yeah, yeah. would. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the goal. So um, uh, we scored, or Russell Cicerone scored, I think it was the 41st minute. Uh, the Hounds had had a number of chances up to that point, a lot of back and forth play. Kev, you mentioned Dixon, Williamson were all sort of involved in the play. A lot of good passing, ball movement, all of that. This play basically came off of a clearance from Kilwine, who uh, Williamson just sort of flicked it forward. And Cicerone that was a just, really good flick. Like, it was a good really, flick. Yeah. Um, and Cicerone one timed it into the upper 90. And I don't want to say that he made it look easy, but he kind of made it look easy, which is really exciting, I think, for the future of we said last week, especially with the forwards, they didn't touch the ball enough for us to really get a sense of who these guys are. And I think we got to see a lot more of who they are this week. And if Cicerone can sort of stroke the ball like that, I think the Hounds are in a really good spot heading out the rest of the season. Yeah, my only thing with it is he can—he has a tendency, it seems, to go missing in games and and not be active and not be in the middle of of, of play a lot. But I mean, yeah, that that finish because it's not just even crap players can score a goal and, and, and like, you know, that hits off the, a post stamp, you know, uh, off the post and in the, f- the fact that it shows to me that it, like, yeah, he's, he's a very good technical player. Is he had the confidence and the ability to take it first time to, to let the ball roll, to open his body up and, and to, and to put it where he put it. It wasn't like he just put his head down and smashed it and hoped, um, you know, it was, it was great. I mean, and, and Williamson's flick, it wasn't just him winning a header. It, you could see he he knew where he needed to put it. He directed it in his path and perfect weight. You know, Cicerone didn't have to make a touch. And it was it was a very good goal for all for all the build-up play that we had in the first half and for all the I'll call them half chances. Cause really it didn't all the chances we did create and it was a lot and we were active in their box. We never really had, I think at least in my opinion, a lot of clear cut chances. Um, But for all the buildup that we had, you know, to score from a long ball that Williamson wins a header off of and and Cicerone does what he does. Yeah. It was, it was a really good goal. And and the celebration was great too. (laughs) And like, yeah, like that goal, like where he was able to place it, it was just, I I'm trying to think of the last time I actually saw, a goal like that in the Hounds squad as far as like it just was awesome to see and yeah the run of play of it and I I thought I mean obviously Cerrone had a great game but uh I thought Williamson uh did pretty good as well yeah um so I'm I'm pretty satisfied with them both uh, I know we we're there were some questions after uh the Tampa game but yeah I'm I'm pretty satisfied <laughs> I, think- I really, I really like them as a front three. I mean, and and the fact that you know Dequa came on and and played as well as he did, and you know, if Josh Gatch just can yell at the ref every game, I'd start him. Um, <laughs> the way he does. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that that's definitely the position where we have the most depth. Most depth, and uh, yeah, but I, I 
I want to see all three of them start again. I think the interesting thing to me is when Ciceroni scored, it looked just like a, you know, I don't want to say like a rudimentary goal, but it was the first time that I thought like, wow, like, like that was clearly placed and it was one, it like, I think Kev, you mentioned it. Like, I think most other goals, um, it just feels like, you know, we're either smashing it or doing something. Um, you know, sort of hitting it as hard as we can and hoping the goalie, the goalie isn't going to reach it. And in this case, that's not what's going on. He clearly just placed it. So um, I heard it's a good uh, goal. I think I'm trying to think where I read. Uh, oh, yeah. And so on Facebook, there's the Riverhound supporters group and uh, legendary Paul White, uh, which you guys might not know, but he's very well known in that group. Uh, after every game, he leaves like a, a giant uh recap of the game and like his thoughts on the game and they're always really insightful but yeah so paul white he left the comment uh for this last game and talked about how lily said that he did not want big giant forwards this year he wanted more finesse players and players that were going to be able to weave the ball up and like more just more uh not styles the wrong word but just more finesse uh more skilled players and less like kind of bruisers type and um, so that's one of the reasons why we uh, got the changes we got this year. And you, you, I feel like you saw it in that first half, especially that Cicerone goal. You saw what he was talking about, what he was wanting, and that's why it's so unique. Um, but the second half, it felt like we kind of reverted back to the way we were playing before. And it was like y- you saw that new style for a whole half, and then it's like, all right, well, now I'll go back to the old style. And that's what's kind of frustrating because we got, you know, a taste of that new style. And it's like, oh, this is fun. I like this. Let's do this more. And then it's like, oh, no, back to the, okay, cool. Like, (laughs) and we don't have the players that can do the old style right now because we invest in these players that have more of the finesse style. Yeah. Um, Real quick, I think, Josh, you had mentioned, it sounds like some people are trying to leave messages or comments on Twitter. Um, Unfortunately, it looks like those aren't coming through to our chat. So if you click over to the, uh, the YouTube uh, feed. You guys can leave comments and, and questions in there. And as we mentioned, uh, anybody who leaves a comment or question will automatically be entered to our drawing here at the end of the episode, uh, where we will give away one of uh, Hugh Roberts' backyard footy tees, um, which uh, proceeds from that, as we had mentioned, go towards uh, his Footies Got You charity that promotes awareness for the economic crisis in the Charlotte area. So make sure that you head over to YouTube join the conversation there and, and let us know what you think. Um, lots of great stuff coming in. Jesse A uh, left a message here that said, remember that Bob always has a top keeper in the league every season. So I do think that, you know, to Jesse's point that a lot of this is going to get worked out. And I think that sort of helps segue into our next game. Um, you know, we have obviously our home opener. So huge game. Uh, Highmark Stadium this Saturday, 7 p.m. against Charlotte Independence. Charlotte are coming off a 3-0 win against the Battery. Guys, we're not going to have Kenny. So what, what, what do we hope to see from the Hounds here? Keep in mind that last year when Kenny went down, and I want to say it was to Hartford, that we were all like, oh, gloom, like we're, we're done. Like Kenny's our best player. There's no way we're going to you know do anything from this. And I want to say the game immediately after. And again, we caught a lot of flack because people were like, oh, you're saying Kenny's crap. We are not saying that Kenny is crap. But we moved Ryan James into sort of that holding mid and opened up that that three midfield forward with Mertz and Griffin and Velarde that just went 
gangbusters against whoever it was that we played. So I think that this is an opportunity to sort of see, you know, do you start a Velarde? Does does a does a Perez get more time? How do we how do we go about this? So, Kev, I'll start with you to talk about sort of the team side of things, and Josh, obviously, feel free to chime in, and then I want to talk a little bit about the the game atmosphere as well. I don't know. I I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't. I I, th- I don't think Dixon Williamson and, and Ciceroni has done anything to warrant not starting this, this this next game, which kind of forces you into playing them as a front three. And I, I don't I wouldn't expect them or, or want them to kind of you know one of them to drop in the midfield or one of them to play as like wing as a winger or something. So I think I like for me. I, until something starts going off the rails, I would continue to play a front three. And then it's only, you know, so he's already done a five, two, three before that ideally turns into something like a three, four, three, but to be honest, it hasn't been. Um, or yeah, it's, it's a straight swap Forbes drops and, and Velarde Perez comes in. Um, I don't know. I don't, it worries me because it, to me, it felt like that was a really similar to how I, similar to how my feelings in the front three. I think that midfield three of Wharton Forbes and Griffin are really well balanced. There are multiple times where, you know, Kenny sits in the middle and I know I bang on about this, but you know, with the, with his style of play, I don't want him to be sprinting all over the field, closing things down. I want him to be the, the, the maestro in the middle kind of controlling everything. Wharton and Griffin have legs on either side of them and 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 are a bit more industrious. That's that's a bit you know, damning them a fake fake praise a bit because both Griffin and Wharton can can be productive going forward. But so I think if if you're gonna with Wharton and Griffin in there, I mean Velarde feels right. I think Velarde has a bit more technical ability than than either of those two and can maybe pick a pass. Um, not to the level that Kenny can, obviously, but few can. Um, so. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. I. I like the shape. I and I don't. I. I want to see us continue to be aggressive, especially for this next game, uh, being at home and what we have Loudon. I have. I don't even know. Um, Charlotte. 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 Jeez. Yeah. I know we've been talking about it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. It's been a long week. Um. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. So I would want to. I would want to to see us, you know, continue to be aggressive in that way. And I don't think we're gonna, and unless unless he really sorts out, you know, getting getting the wing backs higher and in a back three uh, this week in in training. Um, yeah. So, uh, real quick. So Steve brought up uh, in the chat. He's saying that without Kenny, is Revere the player to be in front of a back four to clean up behind a career creative player like Griffin? I think that might be Wharton. Like, do you, do you have Wharton drop back and then you have Griffin and Velarde in front of them? Or uh, Josh, do you have any thoughts on what you might like to see there? That's why I was just wondering, like, do we change the whole formation up top because of Kenny not being there? Or do we just do a swap out? And like, if we do a swap out, are we talking like Velarde? Like uh, who is, who, who would you expect to swap out for Kenny then? And if that's the case, like, is it worth trying to do, you know, Kenny Light or whatever you want to call it, the the wish version of Kenny? Or do you actually, like, change the formation to figure that out? 
Well, I, I guess quickly off of Steve's point, I, I think that's the issue though, is Kenny wasn't just cleaning up, right? I mean, like, you know, he, he was the one who initiates transition. He's the one who can get on the ball and make things happen. I don't think Rivera is that player. I do think Rivera is, and this is the, Rivera isn't Ryan James. I mean, but, but Ryan and Ryan James can do a lot more than what I'm about to say, but you know, I think initially Ryan James came into that midfield in that position as someone with energy who, who, who knew how to be defensively, you know, uh, on point, how, how to, how to tactically be defensive in that position and do the cleanup role. He ended up adding a lot more. He, he ended up adding scoring goals and, and all that. I don't, I, I'm not convinced Rivera can turn defense into attack. I'm not convinced you know, Rivera has that ability. I, I am convinced he has the energy for it. Um, so I don't know. Do you know, here, here's what I think is going to happen. I called the Todd Wharton thing last week. Here's what I think is going to happen this week. Um, I think that Danny Griffin's going to drop back and play the Kenny role, which leaves a bit of a gap in terms of that attacking midfielder. So I think in return, you have Danny sort of sitting right in front of the D. And then I think you have, a Louis Perez and potentially a Velarde in front of him as like the energy and legs to run all over in front and cause havoc. Um, and they let Danny take a shot at directing the team just from a little bit further back. And I don't know how I feel about that. Cause I feel like Danny, Danny does a good job of creating chaos further up the field. Like there were a couple times in this game where he picked up the ball and dribbled against three guys to like, try to draw a foul and like, you know, he, he mixes it up a bit, but um, I think that, that, that might be what we see. I, I think we're going to see a back five and that's kind of frustrating to me, but I, I think, I think he's just going to be soccer for the home <laughs> crowd. <laughs> I think he's just going to drop the midfield uh, player. You know, I, the first game of the season, it was Griffin and, and Forbes next to each other in a midfield too. I think he's just going to do Griffin and Wharton next to each other and then just play the same uh, back five that he did before. Mm, so in that way, that. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, you know, Steve Steve is right in calling, you know, Rivera kind of coming in for Forbes, but I think it's just going to be in a different position. It's not going to be what I think. I, I, just, I don't think it's going to be a straight swap. I, just tactically, you know, in, the, in their last game, Charlotte, they, they started in what looks like a – three, two, four, one. Um, and so when that actually sort of morphed, they had a lot of bodies in the midfield. So I'm a little bit worried if we only got two people in the midfield that we're just going to get completely overrun, even if they just have one forward up top. So we'll see. It'll be, it'll be an interesting challenge for Lily. And I think, you know, Josh, to the point of we want to have an entertaining game. Um, it's, it's definitely at home you got to balance that. And I feel like over the years, Lily has understood that. Like he knows, like I, we got to put on a show for the people at home. So we got to come out swinging. So I don't know. I think the players understand that too. Like I, this, like even though a lot of our players are new this year, so they weren't on the team uh, last year during COVID and not being able to play in front of a real crowd. I, I do think, that kind of weighs in like a lot of these players haven't played in front of a home crowd, even if it's not the uh, Pittsburgh home crowd uh, in over a year. 
And it, it's like a situation where I'm wondering how much that will be weighing on them and, and not so much weighing on them, but the ability to actually get them to, you know, put in that extra, maybe they, they won't be walking uh, during uh, Vidiella's slow <laughs> crawl to get a kick going. Like maybe they'll actually be running to their places. Yeah. So Josh, that, that sort of segues into, you know, what, uh, What's going on for the for the home game? Anything that uh, the Steel Army is planning here that you can sort of tease out for us? Uh, there's there's things. I mean, there's there's the possibility of a TFO. I don't want to spoil anything there, but uh, uh, a couple of guys that are leaving comments right now are actually the ones tracing it as we speak. So <laughs> so that's going on. Uh, we also have. Uh, so it's weird because like restrictions are being lifted, as we know, and that kind of stuff. But the hounds are are keeping this game the way that they originally planned so it's going to be what like a thousand and maybe a little bit more than a thousand uh attending so it, it's they're not doing like half capacity or full capacity although it sounds like the the team president came out and said that they're going to be announcing something tomorrow about potentially having a few more tickets but like it's not going to be full capacity everybody show up and no party. no yeah. and like even if they were to say like full capacity all of a sudden like they have a day to sell like not a day but they have yeah. a couple of days to sell tickets and that's not how it's going to work like you, yeah. you need to build up to that so like it, they're not going to be able to sell that many tickets anyway even if they were to open it up all of a sudden but also because of that like we've already been told like hey look, we're not going to like allow tailgate this this game so like we're we're not expecting like a full-on like hey we're back y'all like so <laughs> we're not having a tailgate and uh you know people are gonna hang out behind their cars and not like share food and share beers and that kind of stuff so it's gonna be a little bit different it's but it's gonna be closer to having it back to normal than we've ever had in the last you know what year and yeah. whatever it's been so it, it there's a possibility of having some sort of semblance of normal so that'd be kind of nice good good, good. Let's talk a little bit. We talked a little bit about formation and what do we do without Kenny? Let's uh, let's do some predictions. Jesse asked, uh, "Who do you think will be the player of the game this week?" So we haven't even talked about like what we expect from the Hounds. I think if I had to guess, I would say that all of our prediction would just be more progress. I think obviously it's the first home game. We would love to see a win. We we talked <laughs> we talked before the first game and we said. How many points do we think we'll have after five games? And Liz said six. And we were like, no. And we're currently two games in and have one point. So six is a very good reality. I mean, that could happen. Um, but does anybody feel like it's like three points or bust at this point? Or are we just trying to see more progress? Let's start there. And then we'll get to Jesse's question about player of the week. Who do you want to go first? <laughs> I'll go first. <laughs> All right. I, I, okay. I'm not saying three points are bust, but I do think you, you got it. Like, this has to be a win, right? Like, you, if there's a moment, like, you can't go three games, no wins, and the first home game in over a year. No, like, this, you're shooting for a win for this game. And I, I feel like anything less will be disappointment. Like, the other game, like last week, I was like, man, I really hope we win. That'd be nice. But, like, I wasn't feeling like, oh, we need a win. But this one feels like, come on, we need a win. And not because I think we're a whole season is going to be down the drain if we don't win. It's not going to be a time to panic if we don't win. But like, this is the game you show up for. <laughs> this is the game that you, you know, put it all out there for. So like, I'm expecting a win. I'm going to be very disappointed if it's not. Because yeah, Charlotte had a good game last week. 
three nothing. But like they lost three to zero to against Tampa, just like we did. So it's not like you know there's a magic bullet of a team here that's we should be scared of. Like we can beat this team, and I I'll be disappointed if we don't. Kev, yeah, no, exactly the same as what Josh just said. Because I think the other thing is if we have aspirations to finish, you know, top of our division, top of our conference winless in your first three does not bode well for that. And so, you know, I, we keep saying, you know, I, I, I just want to get to these five games. Part of that, part of the message behind that is like, get through it and get some points as well. <laughs> like we can't just, we can't just lose every, every game. And, and yeah, this is an important one um, for, for all the reasons that Josh just said. And that, yeah, I, I think not, not getting a win in the first three feels like you know not only are you just start you know it doesn't feel like we're just starting from zero it feels like okay now we have to run up a hill while pushing a boulder and yeah it's not a great feeling yeah yeah i agree um i don't think it's doom and gloom especially if we put on a good show and perform well and all of that i i still am in the i want to see progress phase and i think based on what we saw moving from last week to this week i I'm hoping to see even more progress. I'm hoping to see more gelling on the back line. I'm hoping to see, you know, some more well-connected passes and plays from the midfield to the offense. And obviously there's a little bit of concern without Kenny that you sort of lose that a little bit. But again, this is an opportunity for people to step up. So, um, so yeah, I'm not going to be upset one way or another, especially if we're sort of robbed. I don't say via the ref, because there's a lot of things that happened in this last game, but some of it you have to chalk up to that. Um, so based on that, let's go back to Jesse's question, which I asked like five minutes ago. <laughs> Who do you think will be the player of the game this week, Kev? Who's who's going to be the Hounds player of the game? I mean, Dixon looked great, I think, for me against Hartford. Um, the thing I was thinking about while watching the game, too, that I didn't mention already, there's a certain um, – I was watching the highlights – of I think it was sorry Josh Chef, Sheffield United versus Everton and uh, <laughs> yeah, okay it's fine it's whatever I don't care it, well, but fine. but the reason why I'm bringing it up is because while I was watching the highlights I thought it was I heard something like coming from the manager um, that I've like never heard in any game and and the guy from the seven was just yelling over and over uh, body language he's like body language body language and. It, it, it didn't really make sense to me. I thought that was kind of weird. And then I thought about it a bit more and okay, I kind of get it. And I think there's, there's something to that meaning. I, I like as a fan watching, watching the team play, you can, you can tell when, when players feel on it or, and when they feel up for it, just by how they move, the kind of sweat their touch and how they kind of drop a shoulder and do this and do that. To me, Dixon had that in spades. He was just how he moved, where he sprinted, when he didn't, how he was looking around, how he was, you know, telling people to to, to move and, and to press up, and and how he dropped back, and just in in the right moments, how he looked so relaxed, and, and in the right moments, how he looked up for it. Um, he he looked on it for me, on top of like playing well. Um, so I would expect that to continue. Um, my prediction is Dixon. Josh, who's your prediction? I mean, I know who I wanted to be. I wanted to be Sereni because I want all the goals. So I wanted to be like, you know, obviously a forward and, and 
I want more pretty goals, <laughs> like especially in front of the home crowd, in front of the Steel Army. Like, yeah, that's that's what you want to see. So I'm I'm hoping Cicerone is that player and like really shows up and uh, you know makes a splash and uh, wows the crowd. I'm gonna say that I hope that my man of the match is Danny Griffin because I feel like for a lot of the connection to happen between the defense and offense, it's going to have to flow through Griffin, which again, our goal this week didn't come from that, but I feel like if Griffin is active and on the ball, then we have a better shot at creating something that looks magical. But if Griffin is doing that, then I feel like the man in the match is going to end up being one of the forwards because they're going to put away something that just looks amazing. So I see Griffin as sort of like the unsung hero of the game. If he's playing well, then we're going to do well. I will say as an honorable mention, like if we were betting on this and like long odds, I would expect it, like two or three times a year, Jordan Dover out of nowhere comes up and just has an incredible game um, when, when you need him to. And when we don't expect him, I mean, I'm thinking a few times in Louisville. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if Dover comes up, gets two, you know, puts in two perfect balls, gets two assists, strong defensively. Um, you know, he's, he's a player that his level levels never really drop. And, and on, on occasion, he can just have, you know, a brilliant game. Yeah. Adam Marks said, bold prediction, Williamson goal and assist this weekend. Bob clearly had his eye on him and he's looked superb, lively so far. I think he buries one and creates another. I could see that happening too. He's so sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Appreciate the shout there, Adam. Um, so that's what we think. Obviously, you guys let us know what you think about the game. We appreciate everybody that's here, uh, you know, taking part in the chat right now. Um, but the chat isn't over. We've still got a whole week before the game starts. So make sure you let us know what you think on Twitter and Facebook and all of that. And we'll share uh, your thoughts there as well. Um, guys, anything if else? Their th if they share their thoughts outside of the show, do they still get a chance to win a Backyard Footy t-shirt? They don't because I've been keeping Ooh. track of everybody who's commenting inside of this COVID mask. I've got <laughs> some names written down. I know. It's what it <laughs> so I'm going to draw a name here in a minute. But before I do oh, that, I wanted to ask you guys, do you guys have any other comments or thoughts about this game before we uh, before we pick our, our winner here? I just want to hear Chance again at yeah. Highmark and it to feel like a game like even if it's a thousand we, we've had plenty of games in those in the rain and the snow and that only had a you know a thousand people so it's just gonna be a, a less attended game uh, which yeah. you know we've had those so i'm excited for that that's one thing i said early on in this game was even though it was hartford fans man it was good to hear drums and people yelling and screaming in the stadium again so yeah for sure um it's gonna be a fun one regardless of what happens any any clue on announcers? Yeah, unfortunately, it is beneficial that uh, Geica and Paul and Gene are not going to be back uh, due so to annoying. cost concerns Ooh. as far as not knowing for sure how the season's going to go with attendance uh, and and sales. They didn't want to take the risk of uh, putting too much money in there, so they're cutting costs by not having announcers local. At, le at least there's a reason. No, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, business-wise, I understand it. It just yeah. sucks so bad. Yeah. Like, and sad part is, I don't even listen. Like, I, I'm, I'm at the games. I'm pretty much at every game. So it's like, it's not even really for that. But it's like knowing that these games are gonna be on local television, like twenty-one the point, like I or twenty-two the point. Like, you want those games to be announced by 
people who know the hounds and who can make a good impression for the people watching who might come to the next game. So it does suck. I'm much more willing to mute the game now, like, and just watch it than, than (laughs) if, you know, Kaika and was doing Listen, we, we, we floated the idea of, is there a way to stream the game and do our own audio and potentially try to get, Geica and Gene and Paul to like do it on the side. The problem is, is like, we ain't got raising, that money. Uh, well, I was going to say <laughs> raising the money to do that is like not going to happen. And then technology wise, trying to do a stream that isn't delayed for some people. And so you're hearing the audio and it just becomes like a whole thing. So I think we could do it if it was like a radio broadcast almost, but you know, unless you're in your car, you're going to be watching the game or you're going to be there. So like doing a radio broadcast isn't great. But if anybody has any ideas, let us know because we are open to trying to make this happen because (laughs) we love those guys. Um, You know, we've had them on the show. So like we want to get them back on the air and anything we can do to help make that happen, we're going to try to do it. So if you have ideas, let us know. Um, All right, gentlemen, I think it's time. Uh, let's, uh, Let's pick our winner of the Backyard Footy Tee. Uh, t-shirt that doesn't sound good sorry that doesn't, yeah, don't do that don't do that <laughs> as a reminder uh you know uh, all of the proceeds um or at least some of the proceeds go towards hugh robert who will be here this weekend so if you're at the game make sure you say hello he still loves all the fans in pittsburgh he's a fantastic dude um i'm pretty all, sure it's all the proceeds too i think i read that well whatever it, the proceeds <laughs> go towards his his footies got you charity that promotes awareness of the economic crisis in the charlotte area so um thank you to everybody who participated and leave and left comments even if we didn't put them up on the screen we saw them and like i said i have this super sanitary covid mask with all the names written down and i am now reaching into the mask and i am pulling out the oh, winner oh. which is Burger Brand. So Burger Brand, there's my chicken scratch. Congratulations. Thank you for for you commenting. Were, you worked uh, good for that shirt. You really did. You did. You <laughs> Listen, Bur- Burger Brand's been in in the past few uh few chats yeah. with us and he's always contributing, so we really appreciate that. Burger Brand, hit us up on uh, Twitter or Facebook, DM us uh your info and uh, we will get your size and your choice and your address and we will ship that to you ASAP. Um but thank you again to everybody who joined us live, who always join us live. Uh, we really appreciated a lot of the comments spurred some good conversation and uh, we'd love to to keep doing this and, and have more of this where you guys participate and uh, and and you know share your thoughts because like we said this is the water cooler where everybody hangs out not just the three of us or the six of us if you look at the rest of the mongols team so thank you everybody uh, we really appreciate it um, guys any closing thoughts no i'm just ready i'm ready to get back in the stadium mm-hmm. let's do this Yep. You know it's going to be like 90 degrees and raining on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not raining. Because... Is it really a Hounds game? I mean, I, that's I'm... the question. Yeah. So wear your poncho. Um, <laughs> but uh, otherwise, go Hounds. Um, thank you again, everybody, for, for listening. Make sure you head over to mongols.com. Click on support the show to become a Patreon follower. We've been talking about what it is that we're going to do this season. And somehow we've gone six seasons of doing the show. And we've never made a scarf. So maybe it's time to make a scarf to add to this wall and Josh's wall. And Kevin, you can hang it up with those little, uh, what are they, paper clips that are on that string behind you? Yeah, that's when Riley doesn't have her prints up. But yeah, yeah. So, um, so maybe we'll do a scarf. If you if you think a scarf would be cool, let us know, and maybe we'll make that happen. Um, uh, you know, weekly reminder that Black Lives Matter, and if we get a scarf, 
it will most likely be uh, through our partner, which I'm scrambling to get the image. Here you go. And that is Roughneck Scarves, <laughs> official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer. Custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the custom kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. Um, looking for more great USL news. Oh, I didn't click the button. Wait, there, there it is. Looking for more great. Oh, it's completely over, Kevin. There's no chance. <laughs> looking for new. Looking for more great USL news. Head over to bga.fm where we've got over a hundred fans that are writing and podcasting about the beautiful game. Lots of great features that went up on the site this week. Check them out at bgn.fm. For those of you who aren't watching this insanity, you're totally missing out. So apologies <laughs> to those who are listening on on the podcast feed. Um, otherwise. Thanks, everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.